Good morning to you and, and happy Father's Day to you fathers who are listening or you're watching, you're tuning in with us. Uh, my name is Zach. I'm the pastor here at the Mission Church. We are grateful you are joining us. I want to invite you to turn your Bibles to the book of Proverbs and specifically Proverbs chapter 14. And as you turn there, I want to just share a, a couple of things that are going on in our church and want to invite you into. The first is this. We would love Love for you to join our in-person services every Sunday at 4 p.m. We are meeting at Valley Church. We are offering children's ministry for certain age ranges for right now, and we hope and pray that we're able to expand that to all ages um, in, in the weeks to come, and we'll share more information as, uh, as we get to that point. But we'd love for you to join us for our in-person services, and you can figure out more information at our website, themissionrenton.com. And then, hey, the other thing is this. Um, we would love for you parents who have yet to dedicate your children to join us in our child dedication service. And so we do this a couple times a year where we give you parents the opportunity to dedicate um, your young children if they've not been dedicated yet. It is really your way as a parent coming before your faith family, coming before God, coming before even your child and making a commitment um, to raise your your child in the Lord and and it's really an opportunity for our church um, to come alongside you too and so we are doing child dedications in the month of June specifically June 18th if you're a parent and you've not dedicated your child and you either want to participate in that or maybe you just want more information there should actually be a prompting that comes up um, if you're on our church online platform right now you can click on it and you can take the next steps there or um, you're more than welcome to email me directly, Zach, Z-A-C-K, at themissionrenton.com. Um, just type in child dedications, and, and I'd love to connect with you and share a little bit more of what that's about and, 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 and have you join us in that. Um, hey, Proverbs chapter 14 is where we're at, verses 26 and 27. And before we get there, um, I want to just share with you a short story that I think leads in well to where we are going. And it's actually a bit of a parable, a parable um, that comes out of a true story. And so here's the true story. In 1666, there was this massive fire in London. It just flattened London. And um, the king commissioned an engineer, an architect, by the name of Christopher Wren to build a new church, St. Peter's Cathedral. And so this wasn't just going to be any church. This was going to be a church that was going to house the people of God to worship God. A church that was going to be meant to be built for the ages, to be built for the generations to come, to be built in, in such a way that it would last hundreds, if not thousands of years. And so in 1971, the, the, the church is being built. It's underway. And there is this story in some would suggest that there's some truth to it and, and some others just think it is a, a fancy tale with a really powerful point behind it. Either way, I, th I think it's helpful. And the story goes like this. Christopher Wren, this architect, comes out to the job site and he sees on the scaffolding three men that are working on this church and that they are all laying bricks, probably just like this. And, and he sees 
um, the first man kind of crouched over, um, working on, on, on laying bricks, and, and he looks a little frustrated, and he's kind of just slopping the bricks together and laying them down. And then he sees another man, you know, halfway crouched over, working with a little bit more purpose, um, but yet not passionate by any means about what he is doing. And then he sees a third man on the scaffolding, laying bricks, and he's laying them with fervency. He's laying them with purpose. He's laying them with efficiency. And he's straight up, he's got a smile on his face, and he's moving quickly. And so the story is that Christopher Wren calls out to these three men on the scaffolding who are all doing the same exact job, but just in different ways. And he says to all three of them, what are you doing? What are you doing? And the first man is crouched over, you know, he's laying the bricks, turns around, kind of with a, a frown on his face. He says, what am I doing? I'm, I'm a bricklayer. I'm laying bricks so that I can put food on the table for my family. That's what I'm doing. And then the second, right after him, responds, what am I doing? Well, I'm building a wall. I'm building a wall for this, for this church. And then the third man, the third man looks with intent purpose, smiling and says, I am building a church. And I am building a church for the Almighty God. Now, whether that story is true or not, I think it's powerful. He asked the three men the same question. What are you doing? One says, I'm just laying bricks to put food on the table. Another says, well, I'm, I'm building a wall. Another says, I'm building a church for the Almighty. I, I think that's powerful and can be connected to so many different areas of life. But I thought about this illustration in the context of parenting, specifically in the context of fathering. And so fathers, let me ask you a question. What are you doing? Dads, what are you doing? Unfortunately, there are a number of dads who would respond to that question and say, what do you mean, what am I doing? I'm a dad. I'm just trying to put food on the table for my family. And then there's other dads with maybe a little bit more sense of purpose who would say, well, I'm doing more than just putting food on the table for my family. I'm trying to build a life that is comfortable for my family. But then there is another father. A father who knows that they are doing more than just putting food on the table, more than just building a life that meets the needs of the family. There is a father who says, I am building a legacy for my family that is going to last for generation after generation after generation. I am building a I am building a lasting legacy for my children and their children and their children's children. That's what I'm doing. You know, it's interesting. In Hebrew, the, the word for house 
can be translated house or family. That the Hebrew word is um, bite, as in take a bite, but with a Hebrew accent, bite. And it can be translated house or it can be translated family or, or, or legacy or children and their children and their children's children. And it's interesting because in 2 Samuel chapter 7, that Hebrew word bite, that Hebrew word for house, it's used a number of different times and it's used in such a way that it's meant to be translated as, as both. It's meant to be understood as both. House, family, family, house, because in reality, fathers, what you are building, albeit one brick at a time, is you are meant to build a legacy, a house for your family that is worth being passed down from one generation to the next, to the next, to the next. You, this is what we're going to find in Proverbs. Fathers, you are called to build a lasting legacy for your family to the Almighty God. Now here's where we're going to go this morning. If I can just keep going with this illustration of you are building a house, you are building a legacy, fathers, I want to talk to you about the three essential building blocks to building a lasting legacy for your family. Building a legacy that is worth passing down to your children and your children's children and your children's children's children. I want to talk to you about what Proverbs says are the three essential building blocks to building a legacy that your children want to inherit. Not just, not just a house and not just a legacy that is merely worth passing down, but a legacy that your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren desire to inherit themselves and build upon more. If you can't sense my excitement um, and you're wondering why I'm so excited about this, because this is one of our core values as the Mission Church. We have five core values gospel-centered, Christ-exalting, prayer, disciples making disciples, courageous servants, and then the, the, the fifth and not necessarily the last one is legacy builders. We at the Mission Church are passionate about building a legacy, about families building a legacy worth passing on to their children, a legacy to the Almighty God. So what are these three bricks, these three building blocks according to Proverbs for what it takes to build a legacy that lasts. Here's the first one. A wise father builds a legacy of loving Jesus. This is the cornerstone of your legacy. This is the first building block you lay 
down in your family legacy. This is the cornerstone in which everything else is measured off of. This is the cornerstone in which you lay down and the rest of the structure not only is built upon this cornerstone and off of this cornerstone and in relation to this cornerstone, but it is the essential cornerstone. Every single child should look to their father and know what the chief cornerstone is in their life. And I pray that fathers, your chief cornerstone is not work, it's not money, it's not success, it's not sports. It is Jesus Christ, your Savior. Listen what Proverbs 14, 26 and 27 says, In the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence, and his children will have a refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life that one may turn away from the snares of death. Now, I want to, to, to make three different observations here. Observation number one, it says, and his children, his children. So who is this speaking about? It's speaking about a father. It's speaking about a father. Now, I need to pause here for a moment. I meant to say this earlier, um, but it's a little bit too late for that. I need to say that this message is not just for dads. Some of you might be thinking, oh, great, you know, Father's Day message for the dads. I'm not a dad. I tune out. If you are a, 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 a mom, you need to understand that you are a partner in laying these three foundational blocks we're talking about. Um, if you're a grandparent and you're thinking, well, it's a little bit too late. My children are grown. This message is not so much that relevant to me anymore. I'm here to tell you it's that much more urgent because not only are you reinforcing these three building blocks, but you are reinforcing them for your children and your grandchildren. This is an urgent message for you. And then those of you, you are not parents and the, the reality is you're not parents yet. Many of you are going to have children of your own, and you need this message right here, right now, so that you can be forward thinking about this. So, so here we are, back to this passage. It is speaking about a father, but it's more specifically speaking about the character of the father. And, and, it's, and it's mentioned twice to, to emphasize the significance of it. What is the character of this father? Well, it is a father who fears the Lord. In the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence. And then in verse 27, the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. It is speaking about a father who fears the Lord. What is it? What is the fear of the Lord? What does it mean to fear the Lord? To fear the Lord is someone who has surrendered their life to Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Someone who fears the Lord understands that they are not sufficient in themselves. They are not righteousness enough to, to belong to God. They need the righteousness of Christ. Someone who fears the Lord is someone who has come before Jesus and said, I need you, Jesus. Forgive me of my sins. And, 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 
and I desire a relationship with you. It is someone who has surrendered their life to Christ and is faithfully walking in obedience to Christ. It's not just someone who merely believes in God or someone who merely believes in Jesus. It's not someone who merely just goes to church. It's someone who says, Christ is my cornerstone. He is my everything. Dads, do you fear the Lord? Dads, are you laying down a legacy of a love for Jesus? And I want you to notice this, this other observation. His children will have a refuge. Do you, do you hear the legacy language here? His children. His children will have a refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. And so we need to understand, dads, moms, grandparents, is that when we build our legacy, when we build this house that we call our family or our family tree, we need to understand that, that, that a love for Jesus is a refuge for our children and our grandchildren. Our love for Jesus becomes a fountain of eternal life that can feed their souls. You know what, I, I, the older I get, the more I realize how much of my relationship with Christ was actually built upon my parents' and grandparents' faith. Now, there comes a day where every child needs to decide if their faith in Christ is merely their parents' faith or is it their personal faith. But I'm here to tell you that, that the confidence of that decision has so much to do with the foundation that mom and dad or grandparents or great-grandparents laid down themselves so much of the strength of my faith was something that I inherited from my mom and my dad and my grandfather and my grandmother. I wonder for you, I wonder how much of your faith, I wonder how much of the strength of your faith you owe to mom or dad or grandma or grandpa. I wonder how much of the strength of your children's faith, or how about this, think two generations ahead, how much of your grandchildren's faith is going to be built upon and determined by the strength of your faith? If you want to build a legacy that lasts, if you want to build a legacy worth passing down, if you want to build a legacy to the Almighty, it begins by laying that chief cornerstone, laying down that building block of a love for Jesus Christ. So, so, so what, how do you do this? There, there are so many different ways you can do it. I'm just going to give you three really practical ways. Have a deep devotional life yourself. Have a prayer life that is strong enough to pass down to your own children. 
have a devotional life in the Word of God so rich, so deep, that it's strong enough to be passed down to your children. Have a walk with Jesus Christ that your children and your grandchildren want to inherit themselves. One of the things I've realized about myself is I want to build a prayer life strong enough to pass down to my children. Because listen to me, if my prayer life is weak, if it's shallow, if it's impersonal, it's never going to survive the, the, the transition from me to my children. And frankly, I'm not sure my children would want to inherit it. No child wants to inherit a weak, inconsistent, shallow prayer life. Children want to see and want to inherit a prayer life from their parents that has seen results, that is battle-tested. And I want to build a prayer life. I want to build a devotional life strong enough to pass down to my children. Don't you? So develop a rich, personal prayer life, devotional life. Walk with the Lord. Here's the second thing that you can do. Pray with your children and make the Word of God a part of your everyday life. Pray at dinner. Pray at lunch. Pray at every meal. Pray when you're in the car. Pray when you're going to go to the soccer field. Pray when you're just having a conversation. Pray, 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 pray. Pray with your children. Make it normal to pray throughout the day with your kids. And then, and then lastly, um, belong to a faith family. Make church an essential part of your weekly rhythm as a family. Now here's the second thing a wise father does. A wise father builds a legacy of loving faithfulness to his wife. Let, let me point out a couple of verses. Look at this. Proverbs 5, um, verses 15 through 18. Drink water from your own cistern. Now, these next two verses are extremely poetic, and you have no idea what they mean until you get to the end, so stick with me. Drink water from your own cistern, flowing water from your own well. Should your springs be scattered abroad, streams of water in the streets? In other words, sh should your streams of water be scattered to, to other people in the streets? Let them be for yourself alone and not for strangers with you, not other people. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth. So this last line is the key of interpreting this poetic language at the start. And what it's speaking of is don't let your relational or your intimacy flow into the streets of other people. In other words, your commitment is to your wife and to your wife alone. There is no other woman. It is your wife and your wife alone. And, and, and don't just be faithful to your wife. Be lovingly faithful to your wife. Enjoy, rejoice in your wife. You want to build a legacy that lasts, have a marriage that lasts. Have a marriage that lasts. A marriage full of joy and delight. Proverbs 31, 28, it says her, this is speaking of um, a mother and a wife, 
her children. Rise up and call her blessed. I love this next line. Her husband also, and he praises her. And the word picture is this. They're in the family home, and the children are praising their mother. They're saying, Mom, you're so great. Mom, that dinner was so fantastic. Mom, thank you for helping me with this. Mom, thanks for encouraging me. Mom, I just, I love you so much. You're, you're, you're so wonderful. And, and it's this word picture of these children just praising their mom for how great she is. But the next line is so powerful. It says, but her husband also, the patriarch of the family, the leader, the head of the household, he stands up in front of all of his children, in the presence of all of his children, with the ears of the children listening, and the husband also praises his wife. You want to build a legacy to the Almighty that lasts. Have a relationship with your spouse in which you are not merely faithful, you are lovingly faithful. You are praising her. You are praising her in the presence of your children. You are teaching your boys what it looks like to treat a woman. You are teaching your daughters what to expect from a boy that she will one day marry. Husbands, the way that you love your wife, the way that you treat your wife is laying a firm foundation on what your boys are going to treat their wives like in the future. You are literally setting the bar for the kind of husbands your sons will be, the kind of husbands your grandsons will be. You are setting the bar for the kind of man your daughter is going to desire to marry. That's powerful. And so men, so husbands, praise your wife. Thank your wife in the presence of your children. And so what does this look like? How do you do this? Two or three things here. One, just praise her. Just thank her. Thank her, praise her in the presence of your children. Treat her as this precious gift because she is a precious gift from God. In fact, she is a daughter of God. Let your children see the joy that your wife brings to you. The second thing you can do, pray with your wife as often as possible. Let me just say it again. Pray with your wife. Pray with your wife. Pray with your wife. Pray with your wife. Husbands, it is not your it is not the job of your wife to say, "Hey husband, will you pray with me?" Husbands, it is your job to tell and ask and come to your wife and say, "We need to pray together." And then thirdly, just real practically, have a date night. Have a date night. Put the kids early to bed if you have to, or put a show or a movie on for them so you can just even have a date night at home. But there's just three things. Let, let, let's get to the last one. A wise father builds a legacy of being present in his children's lives. 
look look at two sections of verses. Let's start here. This is Proverbs 4, chapter 1 through 4. Hear, O sons. So he speaks, he, the father is speaking to multiple children. Hear, O sons, a father's instructions, and be attentive that you may gain insight. For I give you good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. Look at verse 3. When I was a son. Listen, this is a father speaking. He says, when I was a son with my father, tender, the only one in the sight of my mother, he taught me and said to me, let your heart hold fast my words, keep my commandments and live. Here's the first observation I want you to see. Notice the legacy language. Notice the legacy language. This father is telling a story to his children about his own father and how his own father spent time with his son, spoke life into his son, instructed his son. Legacy language. But, but here is the meat and potatoes, in my opinion, of, of this passage. And you got to go down to verse 10 and verse 11. Hear, my son, accept my words, that the years of your life may be many. Verse 11, I have taught you the way of wisdom. I have led you in the paths of uprightness. I want you to underline that in your Bible. I have led you in the paths of uprightness. Here's the word picture that Solomon, who wrote the book of Proverbs, is giving us. Here's the word picture. The word picture of this is you as a father are walking on this path called life with your children right next to you. You are walking alongside with your children and as you are walking throughout life, you are actively pointing out things along the way and teaching them and instructing them in the way of wisdom. Picture this, you simply walking with your children. There's an old saying that says, I've heard it many different ways, but one of the ways I've heard it is, 80% of parenting is just showing up. 80% of parenting it's just showing up. It's just being there. It's just walking alongside your kids. And I wonder how true that actually is. 80% of impactful legacy building parenting is just showing up and being there. Now listen, that in no way undermines the importance and the significance and the impact of the other 20% of parenting. The parenting that has to do with instructing, the parenting that has to do with disciplining, the parenting that has to do with encouraging, that has to do with supporting, all of these different areas of parenting that, that, that are not just showing up that are so important. And so, no, we are not undermining the significance of those things, but I want to let you know that you can't do those things if you're not present. 
It is so important to discipline your children. How are you going to do it well if you're not there? It is so important to instruct your child, not this way, this way. It is so important to rebuke your children. Hey, you missed the mark. Here's the right mark. Let me help you go that way. It is so important to instruct and to rebuke. How are you going to do that, though, if you're not present? It's so important to support and to encourage. How are you going to do that if you're not present? So much of our legacy building is by building a legacy of being present with your children. Be there for the soccer game. Be there for the family dinner. Be there for bedtime. Be there for the dance recital. Be there every opportunity you can get. Be there. I'll end by just giving a little story here. I was listening to a podcast, and it, and it, was, a, and it was interviewing Anne Graham. Anne Graham is the daughter of, of Billy Graham, this famous evangelist. This man of God, he's since passed away. And so Anne Graham, she, she's like in her 60s, maybe, maybe more like her 70s. And she's being interviewed, and she's talking about what it was like to be raised by, you know, Billy Graham. And, and she pointed out, and she said, listen, my dad was gone about 60% of my childhood. Gone for ministry purposes. But she said, you know what? My relationship with the Lord is my refuge. It is my fountain of life. It is my everything. And I have my dad to thank. Because although he was gone 60% of the time, the other 40% of the time, when he was home, he was home. When he was present, he was present. He'd go with walks with me. We'd sit at the dinner table and we'd talk about God's word together. We'd, we, we were together. And the reality is, dads, it's hard to be at home 9 to 5. It's hard to be present all day long with your children. The reality is, is we can't spend 80% of our life with our kids. At best, we're spending more like 50% or 40%. But take that 40% and multiply it. Take that. Take that being present time and lay those bricks. Lay those bricks. Go to the soccer game. Go to the football game. Go to church together. Run errands together. Do bedtime. Do family dinner. Be there. Be there. Be there. Be present with your children. These are the three essential bricks and foundational stones Proverbs tells us to lay one brick at a time to build a lasting legacy for the Almighty. A legacy worth passing on to your children and your children's children. A legacy not only worth passing off, but a legacy your own children and grandchildren will long to inherit themselves. But listen, it's one brick at a time. It is one brick at a time. 
And, and just one last word that needs to be said. Parenting and fathering are the hardest things you will ever do in life. They, they are. It is the hardest thing you will ever do in life. And the reality is, is you are not equipped to do it perfectly. You will fail. And I want to tell you two things. One, God never told you to be a perfect father. He just told you to look to the perfect heavenly father. And so there are days where you don't have the strength. You don't have the, the bandwidth to be the father you know you need to be, to be the husband you know you need to be, to be that, that, that father who's laying the bricks day in and day out. You don't have what it takes. But you have a perfect heavenly father that sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for you, to save you from your sins, and Jesus Christ rose from the dead and then gave every single believer his Holy Spirit to strengthen us and to empower us and to lead us and to guide us. And so I want you to leave not just thinking about these three building blocks of loving Jesus being faithful to your spouse, being present with your children, but I want you to remember that the only way you can do this well and do it for a long time is by the strength and by the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Don't do this in your strength. Do this in the strength of the of the Holy Spirit that Jesus Christ has given you. What does this looks like, look like? This is what it looks like. When your child sins against you, don't, don't, don't use your willpower to discipline them. Use the gospel to discipline them. And come alongside them and remind them of, of the grace Jesus Christ has given you and that they, as children, can now receive it themselves. This means that when you don't have the power, you, you, you call upon and, and, and go to the Holy Spirit and ask for His power. This means that, that when you don't know what to do or find yourself stuck, you stop and you look to your Heavenly Father, who will give you perfect wisdom to lead and father your family. I pray to God that you fathers will pick up these essential building blocks and lay these building blocks day in and day out. And by the time you get to the end of your life, you will be able to hand off a legacy to the Almighty that is worth being passed on. Let me pray. Father, we ask for your help. Help us to father like you father us. Empower us with the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us because of Jesus Christ to lay these stones day in, day out. 
your word says, I believe it's in Psalm 127, unless the, the Lord builds the house, the labor is in vain. And so, Lord, even though we are laying the bricks, we understand it's you who is doing the work through us, and we need you. Pray this in your name. Amen.